Greetings. Welcome back again to the Cape Lead Revolution. This is Chachi, as usual, out on my morning walk. Having a good day. And today, I, I kind of wanted to talk about your level of involvement inside your organization. And realistically, I think it kind of comes down to three words that you're probably using and not knowing exactly what you're doing when you're using these words. I know I didn't. And I didn't really think about it till last year or so when, my, when I started focusing on how distinct my word choice is. And again, as my, uh, my old boss, Colonel Steve Hodge, used to say, his words is important. And that we need to speak with the right words and use the right words. But, but I want to talk about the level of your involvement inside your organization. How much of a part of the team do you feel that you are? And this is... <clears throat> This, what, what, what I'll use here as an example from, from my personal life is that the, the three words I want to talk about here are the, my, and our. And how we use the words for the, my, and our. Because the example that I have is for me, in 1994, I joined the United States Air Force. And that was it. It was a foreign entity. It was uh, a job that I was going to have. I didn't, at the time, consider a, uh, a profession. It was just something that I needed to do. It was a means to an end for me. I knew I needed discipline. I knew I needed structure. And I knew that I needed ground rules in my life if I were to ever find success. And how well I did or didn't abide by those ground rules was, was going to be a measure of my success or failure. But when I joined the Air Force, again, joined the Air Force. And I went through life being a airman in the United States Air Force for several years. And then I became a sergeant. And it wasn't until I'd gotten in trouble and I was on the road to recovery from being in trouble when I was working for then Tech Sergeant Paul Ford. And Sergeant Ford like really kind of showed me something different. He showed me that I needed to own my actions, that I was responsible for me and me alone, and that regardless of what happened, no matter what blame I could put on anybody else, that at the end of the day, I was in charge of me. And, and that was probably one of the biggest leadership lessons that, that I learned early on. I have now kind of taken that lesson and morphed it a little bit to where I tell people, you know, you and you alone are in charge of your awesomeness. Life is going to try and beat you down. The world is going to try and take your awesomeness away. But only you can let it. Only you have the power to let somebody else decide how awesome you are. And this lesson I learned from, from Paul Ford back then. But, but at that point, while, while working for him, I learned that, hey, I didn't join the United States Air Force. This was now my United States Air Force. And the Air Force was going to be how I wanted it and how I could shape it and what I could do to make my Air Force a better place to live and work. And I followed that model for many, many years. It was, gosh, probably another five to seven years or so of being uh, being part of my Air Force, which which at face value is, is a really, really great thing. And I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth the whole my thing. But again, five to seven years later, got a little bit more perspective, 
a little bit more understanding, a little bit more training, a little bit of experience, a little bit of exposure. And I realized this wasn't about how I could shape my Air Force. It was about how I could shape our Air Force. Because it wasn't just about me. It was about what I could do for us and for my team. Because it wasn't just my Air Force. Because then the person next to me would have had their Air Force. So I needed it to be our Air Force. And that helped shape my opinions and my thought processes and my actions towards being a more well-rounded individual, a more inclusive individual, and an individual that sought more feedback, that, that sought a greater understanding, that wanted to have different and better and more involved conversations. And when I took the focus away from me and I put it to our, that's when things really started to change in my professional life. It was a really great switch. I wish somebody would have taught me that, which is why I'm doing this podcast today. So what I want to ask you right now is, where are you inside your organization? Do you work for the company? Do you work for my company or our company? Do you work for the firm, my firm, or our firm? Is this the institution or my institution or our institution? How do you feel about that? And what I also want to say is that this isn't all on you. 100%. Like this is, it is not entirely your job to make sure that you are bought in to different levels. If you're going to go from the to my, just like I did, I had a supervisor I had a leader who cared and who brought me there. And when I went from my to our, I had supervisors and teammates and mentors who showed me the way, who showed me what it was like, who gave me the big picture, who gave me greater understanding, who helped shape my perspective for leadership inside our United States Air Force. And it was really profound. And so I want you to think for yourself is, as far as your leadership, whether in a macro or micro sense, are they doing what they need to do to make you feel part of the team? Are they creating an environment? Are they building and sustaining a culture of inclusion, of teamwork? Morning. And are they being good dudes? Are they being awesome chicks? On a daily basis, do you know that you are part of the team? Do they make you feel like you're part of the team? Do they give you responsibility? Do they give you direction? Do they, do they allow you to direct other people? Because to me, it's, it's in my mind, it's really a 50-50 split. Because I expect you, if you're gonna, if you're gonna choose, and again, it is a choice, if you're going to choose to work inside that organization, then obviously I want you to be bought into it. But at the same time, I want your leaders to understand that they have a role to play in your morale as well. Your morale, your motivation, your sense of inclusion. Right? It, is, it is all there and it's not all up to you. But let's be honest with, with each other. Right? If you are working in that organization, it is a choice you made. 
an absolute choice. And you may think you don't have other choices, but you do. You know, I did I did my first enlistment in the United States Air Force. It was for four years. While in basic training, I signed on for additional two, and then I kept re-enlisting. And these were choices that I made. Now granted, did I need income? Did I need money? Absolutely. But my choice to serve inside the Air Force was mine and mine alone. And that I could have done other things, but I chose that. Now, some of you who may feel that you don't have a choice in in where you work, um, I I guess I I probably get that. And there's, there's probably a couple different reasons for you to feel that way. And whether you were contractually obligated, whether you're senior leadership or you're a, you're a partner in so, some way, shape, or form, right? These are all products of decisions you've made in the past and the road and the path that you put yourself on. Now, there are those, those circumstances to where, you know, perhaps that, that you just needed a job. You needed anything. You needed some, something solid, something dependable. And so you're in this job, and I totally get it. But that is still a choice. It is absolutely still a choice. And one of the coolest things that I've learned throughout my life is the, uh, you know, the, the cost-benefit analysis. And the thing that I learned is, if you're doing one thing, you are doing that one thing to the exclusion of everything else in the world. Like right now. I'm out for a walk, I'm doing my podcast, and I am doing this to the exclusion of literally everything else I could possibly do in this world. I could be going out for breakfast, I could still be in bed, I could be at the gym, I could be on a hike, I could be playing with my son, I could be on a bike ride. I I could be, again, literally doing anything else in the world, but I'm choosing to do this. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts before, you'll know that in recent years, I have become very, very judicious with how I spend my minutes. Because as Dr. Alan Weiss taught me in, uh, in his book, The Consulting Bible, he says, you know, I can always make another dollar, but I can't make another minute. And that's very true. And I read that phrase, I read that, that one line, and my life changed. And now I am very judicious with how I spend my, my minutes. And I don't spend my minutes in unworthy causes because life is too short. But getting back to the organization, life, life is absolutely too short. If you're unhappy in that organization, wherever you, you may work, leave. Get out. I get that it's not always as simple as that, but at least start taking the steps. If you're unhappy with, with your job, but you're not qualified to do any other job, Start getting qualified. Because time is going to pass anyway. Time is going to pass anyway. You might as well make the most of it. And any step that you take is a positive step. You know, they say, like, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. That's absolutely right. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. All these different things. But these organizations that we, that we commit our lives to, that we spend the majority of our waking hours working in, committed to, slaving and suffering for, how committed are you to them? 
how committed do they expect you to be? But how do they help you become and remain committed to the organization? And again, I, I, I throw out the 50-50 the, the behind it. It's just that, you know, I want people to meet me halfway. And even the United States Air Force, I was fond of saying, is that patriotism only goes so far. Because you could tell people, like, hey, we're an all-volunteer military. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. But that doesn't mean that they are ready to sacrifice everything and sacrifice their life every second of every day. There's a, there's a, there's a conversation there that we rarely have with people because we can do that better. And just because people are willing to lay their life on the line for our country and die on a foreign shore helping free and oppressed people, just because we're willing to die doesn't mean we're willing to eat shit every single day just because we signed up. There's a balance. There's a back and forth. There's a conversation to be had. There's leadership to be talked about and discussed. Because the way we fight wars now is different than the way that we have fought wars for thousands of years. And our people who join the United States military today, they're driven by different purposes. And again, I don't want to get into a millennial argument. I, I actually hate that name that we just named generations. It just doesn't matter. Generations are different because they've had to deal with different things. It doesn't make them any better or worse people. It's just different. I had a boss who used to call my generation the Pepsi generation. I don't know what the, I don't know what that meant. You know, he just thought I was soft because I didn't have to do all the, you know, air quotes here, all the hard stuff that he had to do when he first joined. But the thing is, War evolved. Communication evolved. Technology evolved, which meant that I didn't have to do those things anymore. If you look back to, you know, we just about a week ago celebrated the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. We don't do that stuff anymore. We don't invade like that anymore. Why? Are we any lesser of human beings? Can we, are we physically not able to do that anymore? Are we any less committed to the United States military where we won't do that stuff? No. But technology and war fighting has evolved to where we can't do that anymore. With satellite imagery, unmanned aerial vehicles, people would have seen the massing of forces in England. They would have seen everybody coming across the English Channel. We don't fight wars that way. But that doesn't make us bad because we don't. We just have to fight warfare differently. So ask yourself, getting back to the original point, the, my, and our. How do you feel about it? What words do you use? Do you think you can use them differently? Do you think your leadership has helped you in any way change your verbiage from the to my, or perhaps my to our? Have you thought about these concepts before? Have you sat down and thought about your level of involvement and engagement inside your organization? Has that mattered to you before? Has it ever been like, I guess in, in my terms, you're like, like a planning consideration because I would want people to not say the, I don't want you to work for the company. Like I want you to work for your company. More importantly, I want you to work for our company. And have that level of buy-in and involvement 
and focus and care. But again, it's got to be a two-way street. We have to think about things differently. We have to understand it differently. And we need to help our people succeed. So that's all I have today. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you find this enlightening. And uh, stay tuned for the next podcast where we talk about why I think the phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, is complete and utter bullshit. So, again, have a good one. Uh, For me, I'm getting ready to enjoy my my, uh, Father's Day weekend with my family. And uh, it's going to be hopefully a good blend of relaxing, of pool time, of fun, and just uh, just getting to revel in uh, the wonders of being a dad. So to all you dads out there, I wish you the happiest of Father's Days. And uh, we'll catch you back here next time on the Cape Lead Revolution. This is Chachi reminding you, as always, and more importantly, to educate, anticipate, and you guessed it, dominate. We'll catch you next time. Later.